0: So we have a great series on the 11th commandment, and we're going to start something new today. I'm looking forward to it. Um, and the series that we're starting is 1850. 1850. And why we picked this uh, uh, particular uh, year, 1850, is because our church was started in 1850. Did you know that? Yeah? Okay. Yeah, so 1850. Yeah. Awesome. Yes. And we are still standing strong. Um, and standing tall, and standing strong, leading, thriving, and serving our city. And we want to look at that today. One of the things that uh, uh, we see is God's faithfulness, and what, how God is leading our people to serve Him throughout uh, different decades and uh, different centuries. And I'm reminded I, st- I stand here this morning as a Baptist church, of the, 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 the shooting in Texas. Um, 26 lives were taken as they were worshiping God in the church. Um, they were unborn child. Uh, there were kids uh, 18 months. Uh, and it's just a heartbreaking story. So I would like us to pray for uh, the church in Texas, especially, and also all the churches around that are experiencing persecution. Uh, the church being burned, the pastors are taken away in the night and they never get to see. Uh, children dragged out on the street. Women dragged out on the street, raped and killed because they simply love the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, this is not a make-up story. This is happening. Some of, sometimes we are insulated and protected from all these things that happen around the world. Uh, But when things like this happen, then you feel it close to you, even closer to those who are there in that land. And we need to wake up and pray. We need to wake up and pray. Pray for one another and love one another. And today, why I want to share 1850 is because I want to tell about God to you, to remind you again, what a great God that we serve. And for some of you that are visiting this church. And thinking and looking for a church. Whether this is a church I can be. I want to share something to you. So you can decide whether you want to be a part of this church or not. And this is the scripture from Matthew 16. Verses 18 to 19. And I will read this for you. And I also say to you that you are Peter. And on this rock I will build my church. And the gates of Hades shall not prevail against it. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven, and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Matthew 16, 18 to 19. We're going to look on these two verses this morning. And uh, after reading this scripture, uh, there are a few things that I want to point out here. Uh, things only Jesus can do, right? Things only Jesus can do, only Jesus can build his church. There is no other foundation that can be laid or that is laid other than what Christ has laid. So only Jesus can build his church and this is the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. There is no other head in this church except the Lord Jesus Christ. Only Jesus can protect his church said, the gate of Hades shall not prevail against it. You and I cannot protect this church. If Christ was not here, this church will fail. For sure. Only Jesus can give the key of the kingdom of heaven to us, to you and I. There is no other one that has the key to the kingdom of heaven except Jesus Christ. And he can choose to give to whom? To you and I. Only Jesus can give the power to bind and to loose. Now the concept of binding and loosing uh, is uh, it's, uh, it, it, it's talking about permitting. Is from the Old Testament coming to who can permit what to do. Who can stop from not, uh, this is not permissible. Only Jesus can do that and we'll look at this. We'll look at uh, this, uh, this after, this morning. And as we look at 1850 and the church and the Baptist church and Santa Clara First Baptist church, I want to relate with my story a little bit. So my love for America, right? my love story with America uh, is God's story. Although uh, it, it happened here. This is the village that I was born. And uh, my introduction to America was uh, because of reading about America. I remember somebody introduced me to a, a Western novel. And the novel was, uh, uh, one of my favorite authors was Louis L'Amour, right? And I was reading the Sackett Brothers, the Sackett, I mean, from Tennessee. And it was just captivating. So as I was reading about America in this village, uh, I felt like, you know... Oh, I want to go to America, kind of thing. You know, I, I want to see this land, and I have been reading. And then, of course, I did. I was a historian, uh, and history interests me, and the nation interests me. But apart from that, it's God's story because the gospel came to our people, uh, and it was brought by the American Baptists. Right? So the gospel was brought by the American, and it reached this village. And one of the missionary came to our village, and they wanted to kill him. Uh, we were, our forefathers were headhunters, okay? Our, so uh, they wanted to take his head, and they were chasing him. And there were five people from our village that kind of protected him and take him up to a mountain top, which he fasted and prayed on that mountain. And the five people were the first converts. One of them was one of my uh, uh, paternal grandfather. And so this land became Christian. So my connection to America is actually the gospel. It was because of the gospel that I love this nation. I loved Americans because of what they did, uh, because of bringing the gospel to us. And so here I am now as American Baptist, right? ABC USA. And for me, American Baptist is very radical. The, the history of American Baptists is very radical. We didn't just organize one day and say, we're going to have a church and a denomination. It didn't happen that way. You know, when William Carey, the father of the uh, modern mission, was in uh, uh, India, East, in, East India, and doing the mission work, there was a couple that was coming from Boston, sailing to go uh, to Asia, to South Asia, uh, to, to India. Uh, there were Judson, Judson and his wife, Adoniram Judson. On en route India uh, upon reading the New Testament they were convicted that baptism should be by immersion. And so when they make that commitment the, the, the parents sending a church kind of disowned them because of that. Now, so here are two young couples going on a mission field without a support from a church because of theological differences. So who picked up? It was the, 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 it was the American, uh, it was the Baptist women. The women of the Baptist at that time came together and said, we're going to support these two young couple. This was long before we have a denomination. So the Baptist, our American Baptist was founded because of the necessity of a mission. We didn't start at first and say we're going to send a missionary. No, there were missionaries there with no support. The women came together and said we're going to support them. That was the beginning of the American Baptist USA. We were founded on a mission. See, this is a radical thing. You and I were founded on a mission. On what kind of a mission? On a mission to seek those who are lost. So we cannot forget that 1850... When the church was started here by Reverend Wheeler, it was a Sunday school class. it was a Sunday school class. The need to know the Word of God to preach the gospel. So Roger Williams in eighteen uh, in, in thirty-five. Roger Williams in eighteen thirty-five was uh, uh, founded the the the. the uh, the Rhode Island. And he wanted the separation of the state, the church and the state, and asking for religious liberty there at that time. He was a Baptist. And people did not like that. He was being persecuted, right? He was persecuted. And um, now what happens is, when we look at the Baptists in the United States, uh, Baptists are the most persecuted church. Baptists were persecuted for their faith. And among the denomination, Baptists are the most persecuted church. And you can see even today. uh, Because there are all kinds of Baptists. Some Baptists are a little bit weird. You know? So we are all tied together with some weird Baptists. And this shooting of a Baptist church brought to me these things again. The history of Baptists. They were accused of... uh, child abuse at that time because they were not baptizing infants because the Baptist does not believe in baptizing infants so the church there the the dominant church there accused them of child abuse right and the Baptists at that time 1768 to 1778 uh, uh, they were imprisoned for preaching the Word of God in fact even their marriage were not recognized the Baptist marriage were not recognized. Did you know that? So, in 1777, uh, there was a representation to Jefferson uh, for the Bill of Rights, for religious bill freedom. The 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 bill for religious freedom was uh, uh, it was because of the Baptists. They went. To, we want to separate the church and the state. Well, he he kind of wrote the bill for religious freedom and did not do anything about it until James Madison came and John Leland the Baptist was rallying the support of the Baptist to go to James Madison and say we're going to support James Madison and let's elect him so we can have religious liberty in this land 1787 that was 1787 and in 1791 the Bill of Rights was ratified because James Madison won the election The history of American Baptists is very rich. We were part of the First Amendment of this Constitution. Directly and indirectly, the First Amendment, the writing of the First Amendment was because of the Baptists. The separation of the church and state was because of the Baptists. Other people would say we were involved too, but we took active part in that. I want you to know about your history. Because when people talked about you try to hide under the blanket because you were a Baptist. It's because sometimes we don't know our history. We don't know our history. So we're standing firm. You know, because at that time, starting in 1768, uh, Baptists were asked to drink. They were forced to drink, right? Because Baptists don't drink. No, that's not true. (laughs) Yeah. I, when people say Baptists don't drink and dance that's not true I, uh, I dance um, I drink I drink water <laughs> um, and you have seen me dance so many times they were jailed for praying they were jailed for praying they were, they, they, they were tried they have tried the Baptists to drown them why? because they believe in baptism by immersion So they will take them and to drown them. They tried to suffocate them by smoke. There's nothing new, you know. They tried Baptists to blow up by gunpowder. They were shot with shotgun. Nothing has changed. Our Baptists were shot last week. But we stand firm in the Word of God. Last week I, I have been telling our church that the Indian government have asked me not to get involved in any religious activity in India. And they were not allowing me to come to India. Right? Well, thank God that I'm a, last week I got a permission to go to India. So thank you for your prayers, okay? But still, they don't want me to get into religious activities. But here, I am called to tend your spirit and shepherd your soul. See, you may be willing, I'm not saying you're willing, but if you are willing or you may be willing to compromise the quality of care for quantity, I cannot and will not choose hipness over holiness. I cannot lower the standard of the gospel in this church for quantity's sake and to be popular and to attract people. I cannot do that. People have given their life for the word of God and our leader himself has given his life for the promise and the love of God. And I cannot stand here to lower the standard of the gospel, to accommodate what people want, what people look for, and lower the standard of the Bible to attract people. I cannot do that. Because I know that if I keep the standard of the gospel, if I keep the standard of the word of God, in the long run, It is beneficial for you and I and for all of us. So for a short-term momentary glory and for a name, I am unwilling to compromise the gospel. And if you're looking for that kind of a church, a church where you strive to be holy as God our Father is, not that we are holy and we have attained and perfected, then this is your church then this is your church. Yeah, our church started during the gold rush. And it was a difficult time to start this church because of the gold rush. Because gold rush began from 1848 up to 1857, 58, or whatever. I, or 1865, I guess. And people were coming in. Gold was found in California. It was during this time that our church was founded. Right? And then you look at how we're trying to reinvent and restructure our church. During, I call it the silicon rush. It's not a gold rush. This is a silicon rush from 1995 on what till date. You know, people are coming in. Tens of thousands. 10,000, 15,000 people come in every year. About the same people live every year. You know, many people have come to our church and they have gone within a year. We're going to experience some people go away by summer again. You know, how are we going to build a church? This was nothing new. Our forefathers who founded this church have experienced this before. And we are experiencing it today. See, the good news is Christ said, I will build my church. He's saying, I will build my church. No other foundation can be laid other than which was laid. So the question that I want to bring this up, because uh, there is a sometimes uh, you have been talking about on this rock. Is that Peter? Is that Peter? And uh, some would say, yeah, on this rock is Peter. So Peter has the key to the kingdom of heaven. He is the guy that he is the gatekeeper to the kingdom of heaven. I want to talk about this. When you go to Acts, the same word on this rock, I will build my church. The old word, the church is an assembly. That's the word that is used. Uh, assembly is the word for the church, Iglesia, right? It's assembly. General assembly is Iglesia. X nineteen thirty nine. When you go to First Peter one one, this is known also as the spiritual house. That we are the spiritual house. Each of us are the stone to build the spiritual house. Okay. So put those two in mind. An assembly. I will build an assembly. You are the spiritual house. So all of us become a brick, a layer of brick or a stone to build this spiritual house. On this rock. If you say, oh, this, on this rock it's just to Peter only, not to the disciples. Uh, uh, hold on a little bit, right? Because in Matthew 18 verse 1, when you read it, there's a question about who is the greatest in the kingdom of God. You remember that the disciples have disputed over who will be the greatest in the kingdom of God. And they continue to talk about this in Matthew twenty twenty one. But when you see this, the same language, when you go in Matthew 18 and start reading, Jesus used the same language about whatever is bound in heaven will be bound on earth. Uh, if two or three of you agree on this earth, it can be done. The same concept. The teaching that was given to Peter was repeated in Matthew 18, 18. To whom? To all the disciples. Not just to Peter. See, Peter was the first person. He happens to be the first person to hear about it. But he continued this teaching in Matthew 18, 18. Now in John 20, when you go, he talks about forgiveness. See? The forgiveness of the sin that when the disciples forgive somebody, God will forgive. It's the same concept. It's not just Peter. He's talking in general to the disciples. On this rock, I will build my church. There's no other foundation. It's not just to Peter. He's talking about whatever you lose on earth will be loosed in heaven. Whatever you bound on earth will be bound in heaven is not only to Peter. It's to the disciple It's to you and I. That the kingdom. The key to the kingdom, which is the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ, is given to you and I. So we can open the door of the heaven for somebody who hears the gospel. Is not just Peter. Are we here together? Right? Okay. Any questions? Any questions on that one? Because you have been talking about, oh, this is just Peter. Peter is the, you know, he, he was the primary conduct uh, contact. But this is on the disciples. We're good on that, right? Okay. If you want to continue this conversation, I'm open. But I don't want you to leave from here having doubts and questions about these things. I want to answer you. So if you have a question, raise your hand. And then we will continue. Okay? So then, see, Santa Clara First Baptist Church is a Christ-centered church. This is not a consumer-centered church. We want a lot of people to come in here, but we are not going to tailor everything that we do to please people to come here and put Jesus at the back burner. No, we're not going to do that. Jesus is going to be at the forefront. How about that? Yes or no? Yeah? Okay. I can see you shaking your head like 50%. Now I can see 100%. <laughs> You're agreeing. And then you started clapping. Yeah, very good. Yes. So consumer-centered church. This is not a marketplace. This is not a marketplace. This is a holy place. Uh, it says, I am the bread of life. I am the, we, have, we do not offer bargains here. We have no discount for the gospel. There is no bargaining for salvation. Right? This is a holy place, the place where Christ has given His life to all of us. And the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Jesus, see Matthew, when we're reading in 16. No one can stand against God. If God be for us, who can be against us? Romans 8, verse 3. And because of these things, uh, we are not depending on the Black Friday for spiritual, to drive us out from spiritual recession. Right, we preach the Good Friday to experience the resurrection. See, so if I were to give spiritual discount and bargain, we will be celebrating Black Friday here to bring in people and lower the standard of the gospel and the Bible. Right? No, we're going to not going to do. We we are going to stick with Good Friday. We're not going to lower the standard. We are going to lift up Good Friday so you and I can experience what resurrection. See. This is not about uh, resurging and numerical growth. When we, ex- when, we do, when we push for spiritual Black Friday, we're concerned about the numerical growth. But if we preach the Good Friday, we're concerned about the spiritual growth. I am the light of the world. I am the resurrection of the light. And if we don't preach the word of God, people are not going to experience light. They will not experience the power of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. I will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven. See, no one can open the gate of heaven and hell except Jesus Christ. Revelation 1, 18. Christ is given the keys of heaven and Hades. I want to mention to you again, That Satan doesn't hold the key to the gate of hell. Did you know that? He is also standing outside the gate or inside the gate. He cannot open it. He cannot lock it. Do you know who has the key? Christ has the key. He can open and lock it. Satan doesn't have the key. In fact, Christ gave us the key to the kingdom of heaven. I will give you the kingdom. So let's go back to that uh, conversation with Peter. I will build my church upon this rock. I will give you the key of the kingdom. How is this this translated? 40 days later, right? 40 days later, Peter was preaching the gospel. And 3,000 souls were added to the church that day. The kingdom door was opened. First time the kingdom of heaven was opened was on that day. It continues today when you preach the gospel. You're opening the kingdom of heaven to other people. Because here, the gospel is not a commodity in this church, it's a necessity. In fact, without the gospel, there is no church. You take the gospel out of our church, there will be no church. It's just an organization, it's a club. So since 1850, we have not lowered the quality or standard of the gospel. Jesus is still the way, the truth, and the life. And no man comes to the Father except through the Lord Jesus Christ. That is what we believe and that's what we preach in this church. So salvation is not on people's terms. Salvation is on God's term. So when I know That in the long run, when I know in the long run that preaching the Word of God and by not yielding to the popular demand of the popular culture, that your soul will prosper. Your soul is going to prosper if I keep sticking to the Word of God and standing true to the Word of God and preaching the Word of God. It will satisfy your soul and, and prosper your soul. I know that in the long run, that will happen. Why should I compromise for momentary pleasure and applause of humankind? Why do we do that? Why why are we going to do that? See, the work of righteousness is peace, Isaiah 32. The work of righteousness is peace, and peace brings quietness and assurance. Of what? Assurance of life. right? The Word of God is the one that is daily strengthening, renewing what is inside us. The outside, we may be facing a lot of things, challenges. But the renewal of the inside is through the Word of God and through the work of the Holy Spirit. So, if the Word of God is marginalized and not primary in the church because we don't want to be just talking about the Word of God is not comfortable for people that comes in here. We want to make them comfortable. We want to give them uh, what they want to feel and what they want to hear. Uh, You're not going to prosper your soul. I know that. The inward person is not going to be strengthened. In fact, you're not going to experience peace and quietness and assurance of life when you go home on your own, after you have finished the party, after you have uh, finished fellowshipping with people, after you have been entertained and you come home at the end of the day and you sit down on your table to do your work by yourself and suddenly you feel forsaken, abandoned, lonely and you have no sense or meaning and purpose of your life, then why would I feed that? Why would I promote that? See, the mark of a, of a person that loves the Lord, that follows the Lord is, when all the music died down, when all the entertainment is over, when all the laughter is over, and when all the thrill that you have on a Sunday morning, because you have come here for a happy hour, And you come home by yourself and you feel miserable, lonely, and lost. We do not want to produce that kind of disciple. But we want people, when they are alone, facing life crisis, doing homework, paying bills, Gathering all what has happened during the week. And when they're alone and when they sit there. They feel and experience they are enough. Are you enough this morning? Do you feel that you are enough? What you have is enough? If you have Christ and the Word of God. And if you're connecting with Him daily, you will always feel enough. And that's the enough we want to preach here in this church. We, want, we don't want to give you a shot of entertainment, that you're not confronted and convicted of the transformation and changes that, need to, that needs to take place in your life. Salvation is on God's turn. I am the door of the ship. I am the good shepherd. My goal, young people, is for you to become like the rock, not a rock star. But we all want to be a rock star. You want to go to a rock star church, a hip place, but we are offering here for you to become like the rock. We are offering you the rock that cannot be moved, that cannot be shaken. And When the storm comes and when the rain comes and when the earth shakes, you're still there because the rock is with you. How about that? So you're not building your life on a sand. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. No one can cost the will of heaven on earth except the Lord Jesus Christ. What's that prayer? Let your kingdom come. Your will be done on earth. It's Christ. He can make it happen. So this morning, why we have been here since 1850? for more for 167 years and still standing, thriving and serving. Why? It's because we have not tried to entertain you. But we have tried our best to edify you, to build you up. See? I do not want you to be entertained. I pray you will be enlightened. Enlightened by the truth. That when you go out here, It's enough for you during the week, the month, and the year to come. Because entertainment will last just momentarily, and you'll forget. Oh, that church worship was great Sunday morning. In the evening, say, say, what what did you guys do? I don't know. I just felt good when I was there. I would rather you go home with the word to say that whatever I bind on earth will be bound in heaven because I have such connection and power with God that we agree on things that will happen on earth. Oh, that's dynamic. That's awesome stuff. That's awesome stuff. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. I'm the true vine. And if we abide with the vine, we will bear much fruit in our life we will bear much fruit in our lives. So, church, thank God that we've been here for more than a century, four hundred and sixty-seven years. And we're still standing and being faithful to the Lord. That we have kept your word and faithful. Romans, in Revelation chapter 3, uh, when we talk about the church in Philadelphia, you have kept you, my word. You have kept my word and not denied my name. And we will continue to keep his word and not deny the name of the Lord Jesus Christ in this church. So, Santa Clara First Baptist Church is a Christ centered church, it's a biblically centered church, it's a mission focused church that our history started with mission. And we will continue to keep one foot in that mission, in that first calling, the first love and the first passion. And we will go into our locality, into this country, into this city, and around the world. And if God is calling you to be a part of such fellowship and congregation, we want to invite you to be a part of that. To change the lives of people one person at a time. One family at a time. One kid at a time. I want to invite you to do that. Because there are things only you can do. Only you can confess your sins. Other people cannot confess your sins. Right? So if I opt for convenience, and if I tailor a worship service, everything that we plan, uh, and we are people-pleasing, right? Uh, convenience will not lead to conviction. Convenience will not lead to conviction. Conviction happens when we present the Word of God as it is and allow the Spirit of God to do. And conviction is far, far better than convenience. In the long run, it's conviction that brings peace, that brings quietness, that brings assurance of life, that brings love, joy, peace, self-control, patience, kindness, all the good things that we strive for. It comes through the hard way, not the easy way. Only you can choose to follow Jesus. I can't choose that for you. But if I'm not presenting Christ because I want to be seeker-friendly, right? I'd rather be sinner-friendly. I want to be friends with the people, with the sin, those are lost. But if we are seeker-friendly, then we are, you know, it's like walking on an eggshell. Because one Sunday they liked this. One Sunday they didn't like this. Oh, that song was good. We're always feeding into what they want and tailoring our church according to. But we tailor according to the heart of the people. What they're looking for, to give peace in their life. Only you can commit to the church, the church of Christ. I can't decide that for you. And only you can choose to communicate the gospel I cannot force you to communicate. It will be you that will choose to communicate the gospel. So why are we here? Since 1850. It's because Jesus is the head of this church. We continue to be a biblically centered church. We continue to be a Christ centered church. And we are a missional church. Partnering with God in the kingdom of God. Since 1850. Pretty impressive. Pretty impressive. Many churches have been closed in this area. They have started. They closed within five years, four years. And to be here for 167 years, Santa Clara First Baptist Church, I want to give you a big hand. So worship team, I want to invite you back here so you can lead us. So we can serve together. Let us keep standing strong in the word of God and in the calling. And thank you for partnering in the ministry of the kingdom of God and expanding the word of God. If you're visiting here for the first time, at this time we're going to take our offerings and tithes. And if you're a visitor and you don't know about this, just let it go. Just let it pass by you. Uh, This is the hour we bring our tithes and offering to expand the good news and the kingdom of God. And thank you for partnering with us in that. Please come forward. We're going to ask the ushers to come forward. And We're going to sing the song Cornerstone, that Jesus is our cornerstone. He is our only foundation. There is no other foundation than the Lord Jesus Christ. As we bring our offering and tithes, let us prepare our heart to worship Him and to give our life to the Lord Jesus Christ. Dear God, our Heavenly Father, we thank you that we've been standing here since 1850 standing tall and strong leading and serving and thriving in this city. It's only possible because of your faithfulness and also the obedience and the commitment of the people that are here and that has been here. May we continue to shine light in this city. May we continue to hold on unashamed ashamed of our Lord Jesus Christ. May we never compromise On the eternal truth that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. If we are compelled to choose, help us to choose holiness over popularity. Conviction over convenience. Pleasing God rather than pleasing people. We want to worship you, Lord. Accept our gifts and offering. Accept our praise. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.